Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of August 2, 2015. The Americans with Disabilities Act is 25 years old, and it has brought many changes to the lives of people across America. As part of the ADA 25th anniversary celebration, the U.S. Department of Justice has announced several agreements relating to several aspects of civil life. One such agreement was with Carnival Cruise Lines, and the press release reads as follows. For immediate release, Thursday, July 23, 2015, Justice Department reaches agreement with Carnival Corporation over ADA violations by Carnival Cruise Line. Holland America Line, and Princess Cruises. The Justice Department and Carnival Corporation today announced a comprehensive landmark settlement agreement under the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, to advance equal access for individuals with disabilities who travel on cruise ships. Carnival Corporation is one of the largest cruise companies in the world, owning and operating several cruise lines. Today's settlement agreement addresses accessibility on 62 ships among the Carnival Cruise Line, Holland America Line, and Princess Cruises brands and implements accessibility standards and policies to provide greater access on cruises that embark and disembark from U.S. waters and those of its territories. Quote, The ADA guarantees people with disabilities equal access to public accommodations, said Head of the Civil Rights Division, Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Vanita Gupta. Cruise ships are floating cities and provide a wide range of facilities and activities subject to the requirements of the ADA, such as lodging, dining, entertainment, recreation, and medical facilities. People with disabilities who travel must be able to count on getting the accessible cabin they reserve, and the cruise lines must provide equal access to the choice of amenities and attractions that passengers expect from a major cruise company like Carnival Corporation. This landmark ADA agreement will enable individuals with disabilities the opportunity to equally enjoy a full range of cabins and services that previously were unavailable while vacationing on cruise ships, said U.S. Attorney Wilfredo A. Ferrer of the Southern District of Florida. The settlement agreement is the result of an investigation of complaints by the Justice Department. Carnival officials cooperated with the department throughout the process. Among the complaints were allegations that the company failed to properly provide and reserve accessible cabins for individuals with mobility disabilities, reasonably modify policies, practices, and procedures to accommodate individuals with disabilities, afford individuals with disabilities the same opportunities to participate in programs and services, including embarkation and disembarkation, and provide effective communication during muster and emergency drills. Under the agreement, 42 existing ships and 7 ships in various stages of design and construction will be surveyed and remediated 
to comply with the ADA regulations. Accessible cabins will be dispersed among the various classes of accommodations and will provide a range of accessible features, including features for guests with hearing impairments. 3% of the cabins on 49 ships will be accessible according to three levels of accessibility. Fully accessible cabins, fully accessible cabins with a single-side approach to the bed, and ambulatory accessible cabins. The remaining 13 ships will be subject to possible remediation if they continue to be in service in U.S. ports four years after the agreement is entered. Carnival Corporation has created brand standards that address an array of accessibility issues and policies to implement them. Carnival Corporation will provide specific ADA training to employees and managers. Reservation systems will allow individuals with disabilities to reserve accessible cabins and suites with specific available options and amenities and to guarantee reservations for accessible cabins. The accessibility of Carnival Corporation websites and mobile applications will comply with WCAG 2.0 Level A and 2A. Carnival Corporation will appoint an ADA compliance officer at the executive level, two ADA responsibility officers, one for Carnival Cruises and one for Holland America Group, which include Holland America Line and Princess Cruises, and ADA shipboard officers for each ship who are responsible for resolving ADA-related issues that arise at sea. And Carnival Corporation will pay a civil penalty of $55,000 to the United States and $350,000 in damages to individuals harmed by past discrimination. Today's settlement represents the first time the Department of Justice has required a cruise company to provide a minimum number of accessible cabins, to conduct a survey of its ships, and to develop a remediation plan to comply with the ADA. It is also the first time that an agreement under the ADA has specifically identified three types of accessible cabins on cruise ships, fully accessible cabins, fully accessible cabins single-side approach, and ambulatory accessible cabins that will be available to individuals with disabilities. People interested in finding out more about the ADA or this settlement agreement can call the toll-free ADA information line at 800-514-0301 or 800-514-0383-TDD. Another press release was issued on Monday, July 20, and reviews agreements between the Department of Justice and three cities in America. It reads as follows. For immediate release, Monday, July 20, 2015, Justice Department reaches agreements with three counties across the country to increase accessibility. As part of the Justice Department's year-long celebration marking the 25th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, Advancing Equal Access, the Department announced today the signing of three agreements with counties to improve access to all aspects of civil life for persons with disabilities. The agreements reached with the Champaign County, Illinois, Merced County, California, and Yakima County, Washington 
are all part of the Project Civic Access PCA, the department's wide-ranging initiative to ensure that cities, towns, and counties throughout the country comply with the ADA. The PCA initiative ensures that people with disabilities have an equal opportunity to participate in civic life, a fundamental part of American society. As part of the PCA initiative, Justice Department staff surveys state and local government facilities, services, and programs in communities across the country to identify what is needed to comply with the ADA. The agreements address the steps a community must take to improve access. With the signing of these three agreements, the Department has entered into nine PCA agreements this year alone, and more than 217 agreements since the initiative began. Under the agreements announced today, the counties will remove barriers to accessibility in buildings, such as government office buildings providing services to its citizens, courthouses, police and sheriff offices, jails, libraries, recreation centers, community centers, polling places, parks, and fairgrounds. The agreements also require counties to make physical modifications to facilities so that parking, routes into the buildings, entrances, public telephones, restrooms, service counters, and drinking fountains are accessible to people with disabilities, as well as make sure that assembly areas have the required wheelchair and companion seating. Post, publish, and distribute a notice to inform members of the public of the provisions of Title II of their applicability to the municipalities and programs, services, and activities. Train staff in using their state relay service for telephone communications. Develop a method for providing emergency management policies and procedures for persons with disabilities, including preparation, notification, response, and cleanup. Develop a method for providing information for interested persons with disabilities concerning the existence and location of the municipality's accessible services, activities, and programs. Establish, implement, and post online a policy that their web pages will be accessible. Create a process for implementation and ensure that all new and modified web pages are accessible. And implement a plan for the accessibility of sidewalks and curb cuts within their borders. Quote, the story of civil rights for persons with disabilities is the story of having to fight paternalistic laws and ill-advised social mores, said head of the Civil Rights Division, Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Vanita Gupta. Individuals with disabilities faced the indignities of not being able to enter public buildings or have equal access to the services, programs, and activities offered by their local governments. They were barred from attending schools and getting jobs until that is the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act. As we celebrate the 25th anniversary of this major civil rights law, the department renews its commitment to work with the state and local governments to ensure that their citizens with disabilities attain equal access to all of their programs, activities, and services. 
For more information about the ADA, today's agreement, and the PCA initiative, individuals may access the ADA webpage at www.ada.gov slash civicac.htm or call the toll-free ADA information line at 800-514-0301 or 800-514-0383-TTY. Kim Charlson was elected to her second term as ADA president at the recently concluded Convention of the American Council of the Blind in Dallas. On page 2, Kim looks back at the accomplishments during her first term as ACB president and ahead to the next two years. We visit with Patty Cox again this week on Sound Prints. Most of the time, at the end of an ACB convention, weary attendees catch a bus, a train, or a plane home and spend the next week catching up on the sleep they missed during convention week. But not Patty, not this year. Patty and her husband David drove the 1,000 miles to Dallas from Louisville, Kentucky this year, and their trip home was quite different from that of the rest of us. Visit with Patty on page 3 as she tells us about her return trip from Dallas to Louisville. The American Council of Blind Lions was quite successful in an advocacy effort this past year, and Mitch Pomerantz, past president of ACB from Pasadena, California, told attendees at the ACBL luncheon in Dallas about the success. We bring you his remarks on page 4. He is introduced by ACB Lion President June Link from St. Louis, Missouri. And on page 5 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. With me on the phone is Kim Charlson. Kim is, of course, from Watertown, Massachusetts. She's the president of the American Council of the Blind. She has just completed her first term, begun her second term as president. And Kim, we're so glad you're with us today and giving us a chance to talk about what the last two years have been like, the accomplishments, and look ahead to the future. Thank you, Carla. Um, thanks for the opportunity to kind of step back and, and look back at the last two years. And when I do that, it's it's just amazing to me that two years has gone by. That's the first thing that I marvel about is it just seems like yesterday that that the election took place and, and I was elected the first woman president of the American Council of Blind and there was so much excitement and people were just so enthusiastic and supportive. So I'm very happy to say that that, that has continued. Um, I felt that same level of excitement when I left Dallas in, early, you know, in July right. um, after um, being reelected for a second term. So I'm just really pleased that um, the engagement um, from members is great. The, the board of directors that I have to work with are super, and I think we're getting a lot done. So looking back, what were some of the things that I really am excited that we accomplished? And I guess there's a, there's a couple areas that I think are significant. Um, we had, over the past two years, we've had some pretty major success in the area of um, structured negotiation with Lainey Feingold and Linda Dardarian, our attorneys, and in the area of accessible prescription labels. And we had a structured negotiation settlement with Walgreens um, and the talking pill reminder, which was the device that 
sticks to the top of your pill bottle. Mm-hmm. We had um, a settlement with CVS.com, which is the mail order pharmacy of CVS Health, um, and they are using the um, the Script Talk system mm-hmm. for audio and Braille um, and large print labels. And then we also had a settlement with Caremark, which is a division of uh, CVS Health. It's a mail order division, and again, they're using script talk for audio, braille, and large print labels and prescription um, information that comes with the prescription that you order. So that's that's a lot of accessibility and reflects a lot of independence for people who are blind that didn't have access to that information previously. So and what's so good about it is it gives choice. It does. It doesn't. It does. You have multiple it, companies. And right. And options. Um, I'm a customer of, of um, Caremark and have been for quite some time and was really delighted to be able to have, um, I use Braille labels and I do have um, the audio script talk um, that I use as well. So it's uh, you can get a little bit more information from the audio because sure. obviously on a bottle you're, you're <laughs> limited on what you can put on it in Braille. Right. So um, having the audio as a backup is often a, a really great idea because you can you can get much more information about the prescription, specifically you know any any details or special instructions or anything like that that there's just not enough room to put in Braille on the bottle. So. Right. Another area that I think you know we have just done tremendously on in the last two years is our um, development of relationships with technology companies, mainstream technology companies oh, that we are particularly interested in working with. And, and I, I attribute that most significantly to the work of, of Eric Bridges, our director of external policy um, and and relate government relations. So um, he has really opened doors for us with companies like Apple and Google mm-hmm. and Facebook and Yahoo and <laughs> um, and I'm probably going to miss somebody um, that that we've been working with. But he has really um, just given us tremendous, and a lot of the cell phone providers, Verizon, um, Comcast Mm -hmm. is in there, certainly, AT&T and Sprint, Mm -hmm. Um, so there's just, you know, and all of us use a service or a device or something from one of those major companies, so accessibility to their products and their services is critical for us, And, and we've really expanded what we do in that area, I think, a lot, and I'm very proud of that. It's an an incredible amount of expansion in the last Mm -hmm. two years in that area. Uh, You go back three or four years, and it's just um, a total turnaround in in that area. So it's very exciting. Yeah. So looking to the future, looking forward, um, we, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of a glow from just the fabulous convention we had in Dallas that we had some amazing speakers, um, some real firsts. Um, 
we had Netflix at the convention, and ACB has been working with them under an agreement for about the last six to eight months. And, of course, back in April, they rolled out audio description for um, Daredevil, and they've now added it to some of their other um, unique programming, House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, which are series that are on Netflix only. So you have to be a subscriber. And they've also added, I I think it's almost close to 100 um, full-length movies with audio description on their service as well. So they have really stepped in in the last three or four months and just gone from zero to 60 in, in 60 seconds, as the old commercial says. You know, it's, it's, it, they've, they've done a huge amount of work. It's an amazing turnaround with them. Um, and, and I think that that is a tribute to uh, people like Eric's ability to, to to work with them and and show them why this is all important. I mean, you know, you can't, in in all of this, whether it be prescriptions or technology or whatever, and of course, you know, that, that those things meet because the solutions to a lot of these problems are technology based. Um, But you can't just walk in and say, oh, please, I'd like so-and-so, I'd like this. And and it just, you know, you wave a magic wand and it just happens. I mean, that that's not how things work. And, and that's for several reasons. First of all, people have to understand the importance of what it is you're asking for. And secondly, they have to understand what the solution is. And, and we have to figure out how the solutions are going to happen. And we sometimes know the solutions, but... It's it's an education process, exactly, and, and helping them see how it can work, not just they're being nice guys by doing this, but you know, the, the the for for a company like Netflix, it's how is this going to to help my company, and so and showing them that there's this whole uh, market out here that is interested in this, and and it's not just one small little group of people, but it can help a lot of people, Um, you know, that that takes time, and it takes patience and skill, and and to have this happen in in a few months' time is is just amazing. Exactly. It's it's really, and I know that, that they have gotten more customers, because there's certainly a lot of blind people I've talked to you know, have said, well, once they announced they had audio description, I went and I signed up for an account, you know, <laughs> so so they have more customers, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's on demand, it's it's when you want to watch television with accessibility, so it's it's kind of the new, the new direction of, of television and entertainment is, is when you want it, so mm-hmm. that's, you know, that was exciting. We, we also had a man who I just think is incredible um chinese um, lawyer who wrote a book called the barefoot lawyer and his name is chen guang cheng and he um, was a human rights attorney in china helping disabled people initially to get access to the rights by law that they have for people with disabilities in china and then he expanded and was helping 
residents in the rural part of China where he lived who were having issues with um, reproductive freedom, the number of children or pregnancies in their in their families and and harsh um, actions that were being taken against people if they had more than one child and just incredible stories and he was arrested and um, questioned and beaten up and tortured and placed under house arrest. He was imprisoned for four years. Um, he got out and then he was immediately placed under house arrest and he planned and was able to escape from his house. He was by himself and he had to hide and do this and not be seen by anybody and you know, cross the roads in the village and, and follow the river to get to the next village, which was just an unbelievable thing that he did. And, and he spoke to our convention for about 45 minutes with a translator. He spoke Chinese. And you could have heard a pin drop oh, the yeah. whole time he was talking about his experience, his story, you know, his journey, um, telling his story and the passion and the commitment that he has. And he's now, he got to the embassy in Beijing, the U.S. Embassy, and there was quite an international incident involving Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State and a lot of high-ranking um, diplomatic service um, staff to to get him to New York City and where he lived for almost three years and now he's in the Washington DC area working for a university there in their Asian studies program but mm -hmm. an amazing man and if people have the opportunity they should get his book from the talking book program um, it's called the barefoot lawyer and it reads like a spy novel it is amazing <laughs> yes yeah and also they can listen to that um, segment of the convention if they want by going um, up to the ACB website and and downloading the Thursday general session and um, you'll be able to if you haven't heard it yet it's certainly worth listening to the um, ACB general session to hear his address. That was around 9.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So it would be about an hour into that download. We also continue to work and are going to be moving forward with our work on the um, accessibility of paper currency. It's a, it's a continuing saga because it's, it, you know, it's taking a while and um, we had the rollout last year of the talking currency reader that people can get access to from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, and we're continuing to um, hold their toes to the fire with respect to the availability of tactile markings on um, our paper currencies. So that is anticipated to come. We've now had a commitment that it will be part of the redesigned $10 bill that will have um, a woman on it, and it will also have the tactile feature, and that is expected to roll out in the year 2020. So we're still talking about five years. So the Currency Reader Program is really important to get access for people to um, the talking currency reader device for free, um, or and then our ongoing work and testing and evaluating of the um, 
the tactile feature that the Bureau of Engraving and Printing will end up coming up with for our currency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, the, the uh, representative from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing um, talked a lot about their um, bringing that out in 2020, so that was good news. I think so. I think so. It, it sounds like a long time, but it is a, a huge project. And yes. They're particularly concerned about counterfeiting issues and security issues around the currency. Right. So they have to test everything and double, triple test it to right. make sure it can't be replicated. So, right. so we're we're working with them to to do those things, and and it's, you know, it's frustrating, but at the same time we are making progress. And once you know, it's going to take it's going to take time. It'll take a long time, but. But we are we are getting there, and it will be worth it'll be worth it when when we have accessible paper money. So, I guess the the other thing that is extremely important for the upcoming months is um, our our need to recruit and hire a new executive director, um, Melanie Brunson, who's been with the organization for 17 years, um, is retiring and we honored her in in several ways at the convention to recognize all of the service and the work that she's done for the American Council of the Blind over the last 17 years so she'll be leaving at the end of September and we'll be um, launching a recruitment and an interview process to identify a new executive director to lead us into the future and that's a pretty important job for for me as president and for the board of directors so that's what i'll be focusing on in the the upcoming months and that that could take a little while so there there probably there could be a person in place when melanie leaves but but there could be a, a, a little bit of time in there when we don't have an executive director um, while we are making sure that we get the right person in that job. Exactly. And um, and I think I can safely say here for your listeners that, that someone, once Melanie leaves, which is the end of September, mm -hmm. um, someone in the office does need to be in charge. It, it would be rather yes. awkward for them <laughs> to have to come to Carla or me or whoever <laughs> every time they needed something. So... Um, at that at that time, um, Eric Bridges will become the interim executive director for the organization because we need to have someone in place who can you know respond to things and can staff can go to and talk to. You know, we don't have a a huge staff, but um, they need to have a leader. And yes. So we need to identify that, and that will that will be um, Eric Bridges uh, once Melanie is is has left. So. Right. So he'll be the one that we we turn to during the interim phase to kind of keep things rolling. And there's there's always things to keep rolling. We have a budget process coming in the fall. We've got um, contracts and agreements for our mid-year meetings. So so there's things that have to continue to be done in order for the organization to keep running smoothly. So it's important to have somebody in that role as interim executive director. Right. Right. Well, there's. Uh uh, there's a lot to be done, and 
um, I'm sure that when some of these things are accomplished and as as we go along in the next two years, there will be more things that will appear. There is, as you say, there's never a shortage of, <laughs> of things that are going on. I mean, that there's just, there's, there's at any given time a number of, of um, issues and activities that are happening and then we seem to always have new ones that that happen along the way even when we think we're doing um, oh we're doing about all that needs to be done right now I mean it that's never the case that's that's never there's the always case. something that comes up and so I know there'll be plenty of other important issues that will come along but I'm I'm really excited about my opportunity to serve in a, as a sec, you know with a second term as president of ACB for the next two years and you know maybe two years from now we'll be having a similar conversation on <laughs> sound prints and kind of looking back at the past two years so yes. as fast as time goes and you know maybe forward be no to time the next two we'll be having the same conversation <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So I well. appreciate the opportunity and the, and the support from as I said the the membership and the leadership in ACB right. um, I think we're we're getting a lot done and we're really a, a solid strong organization that's um, working on behalf of all people who are blind and that's something to be really proud of well congratulations on the second term being elected to the second term and we're really looking forward to the next two years we know that it's going to be even more exciting than the last two years and thank you so much for being with us today on South Prince. thank you the Kentucky Council of the Blind and its chapters provide information, advocacy, activities, and telephone support for people who are blind or visually impaired. Join our email list, visit our website, and of course, listen to Soundprints each and every week. To learn more, call us at 502-895-4598, drop us an email at kcb at igloo.com, or visit our website at kentucky-acb.org. Page three. I'm speaking with Patty Cox. This time she's going to be wearing some different hats. Patty, we're glad you're on Soundprints. Hello. You just got back home today. We're recording this on Saturday. Um, this would be July 18. And you actually left Dallas last Sunday, um, July, what would that have been? The 12th. Let's talk about how come it took you seven days to get from Dallas to Louisville. You, you did not fly, so you did not plan to fly home, and you left Dallas on Sunday evening. Well, you all spent several days just stopping different places, but you, you stopped several places. You um, went to, uh, uh, did you make it to Huber's Farm today? No. We, oh, you didn't get your GPS, apple butter? The GPS brought us here down through the Western Kentucky Parkway. Oh, okay. Well, but, you know, that's that would be such a neat way just to take take time and see the, see the country instead of just riding on the interstate all the time. And um, so that, that has to be one of the most interesting trips home that um, anybody had from the convention. So maybe yeah, some Yeah, we went through eight states. Oh, my goodness. Um, just touch on a couple of things that you did on your way home. Well, on our way home, we went to Atoka, Oklahoma. Um, we left late. We waited till Shirley left. Mm -hmm. 
and then we left later. So we stopped there. We stopped at Piercy, Oklahoma, which is an Indian reservation, and of course they have a casino there. Of course. But we got a really, really nice deal because you can pick up at the Welcome Center coupon mm-hmm. uh, coupons for hotels. Okay. And that's a really cheap way to go. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't cost us much to stay there at all. And you didn't go interstate there. No, so you we got didn't to... go interstate. We got to see little towns. Mm-hmm. We went through little towns. Um, it was Highway 412, mm-hmm. and we stayed on that for a long time. Yeah. And then um, on Tuesday, I looked on the Internet and found out about Branson. Mm-hmm. And... Branson um, is a place where they have all different kinds of shows. Right. And I wanted wanted to see the Dixie Stampede, and that's the Dolly Parton um, show. And um, so we got a really good deal on that with two nights and and the Stampede tickets. Mm -hmm. And the Stampede was really different. You went in, and... You sat down, and they had a plate in front of you and a bowl, but you had no utensils. Everything is based on the Civil War. You either sat on the north side or the south side. Okay. Um, We were on the north side. Mm -hmm. Um, So any time that it was a big family ordeal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of kids, so when they say the north, the north was supposed to make noise, and when they say south, the south makes noise, and you can stand up. And when they say stampede, everybody's supposed to stomp their feet. Okay. And um, and then they bring you your meal. They bring they brought us a cheese garlic biscuit and some soup, and you're supposed to dunk the biscuit in the soup and just drink from the bowl. Okay. Then they bring you a small Cornish hen that is rotisserie, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But you're supposed to pick it up. You're supposed to you just okay pick it up with your hands. They're mighty hard to cut up. So, <laughs> And they bring you a half of a baked potato that has garlic and herb on it. Mm-hmm. And they bring you a small slice of a pork tenderloin that had been barbecued. Mm-hmm. And an ear of corn. And you're just supposed to eat all this with your hands. <laughs> And as you're finishing your main course, um, they bring it out on seats, and they just drop it on your plate with a pair of tongs, you know. Okay. They drop it. (laughs) So as you're finishing your course, they're picking up the bowl, Mm -hmm. the soup bowl. Yeah. Then they pick up your plate, and then they bring you another plate, and that's for your dessert, which is a a turnover Mm. without glaze, right? Uh Uh-huh. So it it was good food. And then they do different relays. There was one that was like the lumberjacks, and they have to climb up the pole, oh. ring the bell, slide back down. Mm-hmm. And two people um, did a dual saw. They cut the log. So did they just pick people out of the crowd to do these things, or did they have people pre-chosen for that? No, those were actually people in the show. Okay, that was part of the show. And they come out in horse on horseback, and they mm-hmm. have a covered wagon. Mm-hmm. They have a covered wagon race. They have a barrel race, just like at the rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, then they take people and from the crowd, 
and they um, have a horseshoe toss, mm -hmm. which is just like at the rodeo, they use toilet seats okay. <laughs> as the horseshoes. Uh. So that was one thing they did with the crowd. Um, they had a woman come down, and they had three wagons that were pulling a barrel. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, it was like um, three barrels on the back of a wagon, mm -hmm. and you could pick them up. They could they turned, and then they could spin around, too. Okay. So you could see inside them. So they picked the lady out of the crowd, and you had to, the, the MC, um, he had a sidekick named Skeeter, who was supposed to be taking care of the stables, but he was always causing trouble. Mm -hmm. So uh, he brought the girl out, and she got down in one barrel, and then the wagons would all move around, and the MC would have to figure out where the girl was. Mm -hmm. And so... The, the big thing was, is all the races, the barrel races, the lumberjack race, um, all those races, they had little piglet races mm -hmm. that were so cute. But there was some piglets that had black marks on them and some that didn't. So the ones with the black marks were the north and the ones, <laughs> you know, that didn't were the south. Mm -hmm. and so everything was based on the north and south, mm -hmm. but the south one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was just a really neat show mm -hmm. um they had other shows in branson but that was the most interesting to me that you're not just sitting there and listening to either comedy or music yeah yeah so that really involved the crowd well patty this has been really fun we appreciate you doing an interview with us um after you got finally got home today i'm sure that you uh would like some time to unpack so we appreciate it much and uh Hope we'll get to share some more experiences about the convention here in future sound prints. Thank you. Sure. Page four. Um, I'd like Lion Mitch to come up and speak just a, a few minutes about a wonderful resolution that was passed and adopted and um, made in, into a law, so to speak, with LCI. I think it is so important. I want him to come up. I know you all know about it, but I want you to. I want you to know about. It. I want him to speak about. It. Thank you, uh, Lion President. Last year, when uh, I came here, we brought uh, a resolution for your consideration that uh, addressed a problem that I encountered. Uh, I joined our club. Pasadena Host Lions in 2010 was handed this envelope full of fundraising letters for White Cane, uh, the White Cane uh, campaign, and these little plastic canes with crooks that uh, blind people hadn't used in, I don't know, 50, 60 years. And uh, being a little, uh, you know, a little ornery, I, I said I, I refuse to, uh, to use these. So uh, I brought it up to uh, uh, then Lion President uh, Kenneth and William, Lion William, and we uh, put together a resolution. And of course, uh, that resolution was to LCI uh, talking about. A little bit about the history and saying that blind people no longer used 
these canes uh, for the most part. There were some exceptions uh, from what I understood. And um, that resolution, of course, was, was approved here and approved on the floor of the, uh, the convention. And the letter was sent off. And uh, I figured we'd hear in a year or so. Well, <laughs> we got a letter in September. And it was a, a preliminary letter indicating that um, the uh, executive director for LCI uh, out of uh, Illinois, uh, neighbors of, uh, of Lion Ray, Lions Ray and Karen, uh, and they would look into the matter. And I uh, then figured, all right, well, we'll hear from them down the road. Uh, I disseminated the resolution in a letter to uh, to our local uh, district governor, um, and he was a little uh, less than enthusiastic. And the reason he was is those crooked plastic canes were made by uh, a club a couple of towns away from us in Pasadena. And most of those folks, this was kind of their thing. Um, the, the, the machine that had been especially put together to make it, it was a uh, Rube Goldberg con contraption. Couldn't be fixed, couldn't be modified. And there were some, you know, some of our folks were very concerned, you know, about hurting their feelings. Well, <laughs> mine were hurt by that cane. In December, we received a letter again from, uh, from uh, the uh, executive director of LCI. And uh, honestly, I, uh, I didn't memorize all of the changes, but basically they uh, agreed to discontinue use of that crooked cane. There was some talk about coming up with a new plastic cane. I don't believe they've been successful in finding someone to do that yet. No. They uh, are, uh, they have made major changes to their website. They've changed the logo to reflect a, uh, a more modern cane that we use. And uh, two or three other things. We were absolutely um, uh, so surprised, so pleasantly surprised by their willingness uh, once we brought the issue to their attention. Uh, those of you who, who did not read the article, um, the January Braille Forum has uh, the article that I wrote, and it uh, covers all the bases, discusses all of the uh, changes that LCI agreed to, and uh, all those articles are, um, uh, or those issues of the forum, uh, you can find them in the archives at acb.org. And uh, so you'll have uh, all of that information. Um, we just were uh, not expecting a response so quickly. But I, I was so proud of our efforts uh, 
Lions, uh, ACB Lions and, and ACB for um, really making a difference in lionism here in the United States. And, uh, you know, I, this all started... This all started with us and with, uh, with uh, the folks who were here at last year's meeting uh, agreeing that this was a problem that we needed to address. And I thank all of you, and I thank uh, Lions Clubs International. Thank you. Thank you, Lions. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free-of-charge Louis database http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies aph products and textbooks can also be located using louis new extended searching now available with free louis plus visit soon http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 5, The Sound Prince Calendar. On August 5, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Public Relations and Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006. Enter the code 294444. On August 6, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind, the Kentucky Office for the Blind and Vanda Pharmaceuticals team up to present a lunch followed by a learning opportunity about non-24-hour sleep disorder. The time is noon to 1.30 p.m., and the place is the new OFB office in Lexington. You need to sign up in advance, so for more information, give Bluegrass Council a call at 859-259-1834. Also on August 6, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold a conference call meeting and lions from around the country are invited to participate. The time is 9 p.m. Eastern, and the number is 712-432-3900. The call code is 796-096. On August 7, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its Friday activities, including Braille and handwriting instruction, tech help on Androids, iDevices, and the BrailleNote Apex, a sharing time, genealogy, games, crafts, and, of course, a great dinner. Call 895-4598, area code 502, for more information and to sign up. On August 8th, the GLCB board will meet at 11 a.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006, code 294444. On August 11, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Board meets from 9 to 10.30 a.m. at the BCB office in Lexington, 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230. Also on August 11, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its next meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time, make friends, share ideas and information, and much more. It's at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 
628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information. On August 13, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its August conference call meeting at 7 p.m. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155-619. For more information about the Northern Kentucky Council, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. August 14 and 15 is the KCB Crossroads Leadership Conference. It will be held at the United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Activities get underway on Friday evening at 6 with dinner, followed by a speaker, and light activities. On Saturday morning, there will be coffee and donuts, sponsored by the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky, followed by general sessions and meetings, a box lunch at noon, and a banquet at 6. Registration is $20 per person. For more information, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. On August 16, the Kentucky School for the Blind alumni will hold its August board meeting by conference call at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On August 17, the Kentucky Council of the Blind board will meet at 8 p.m., On the conference line at 605-475-6006, code 294444. On August 20, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a special event at Thursday Night Live in Lexington, 5.30 to 9 p.m. at the 5th 3rd Pavilion in Cheapside Park on Main Street. Learn more about this fun event that also will raise money for the Bluegrass Council by calling them at 859-259-1834. On August 22, the American Printing House for the Blind invites you to their last film in this summer's film festival. From 12.30 to 3 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind, 1839 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. This is the last of the three-part documentary series about blindness and it's followed by moderated discussion. The activity is free but registration is required. It's appropriate for older children and adults. Register by calling 502-899-2213. On August 23, ACB Families will host a conference call program about the new United English Braille Code and how it will affect both kids and adults. Join this conference program at 9 p.m. Eastern by dialing 605-475-6333 and entering code 1711553. On August 24, Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold their membership conference call at 7 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006, code 294444. On August 26, the Bluegrass Council will have its VIP meeting for August from 12 to 2 p.m. at its office in Lexington, 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230. Lunch will be followed by a program on emergency preparedness presented by the Red Cross. RSVP by giving Bluegrass a call at 859-259-1834. In September, 
We remind you that the Kentucky School for the Blind Charitable Foundation will hold its annual charity golf scramble at Oxmoor Country Club in Louisville. Call KSB Charitable Foundation at 502-897-3990 for more information. On October 30 and 31, the ACB Fall Board Meeting will be held in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And in November, on the 13th and 14th, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its state convention at the Ramada Inn on Zorn Avenue in Louisville. More details will be coming in October. Also on November 13 and 14, the Kentucky School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Preschool Services will hold their annual family conference. There will be room for 50 families, and it will be held at the Kentucky School for the Blind, 1867 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. Call Martha Hack at VIPS at 502-498-2926 for more details. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at com. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.